This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, it has been much discussed in recent years that there can be a bias that seeps in for employers when they are reviewing resumes of candidates of various gender and race. New research from the Wharton School engages a new way to study this trend, partly through the quote-unquote gettability of a candidate. Corinne Lowe is an assistant professor of business economics and public policy at the Wharton School, and she was uh, one of the people leading the research on this. Corinne, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. Great. Thanks for having me on. So if you can, give us a little bit of the backstory and the framework for looking at this type of research in the first place. Yeah, so we were interested in studying whether firms discriminate. And in particular, we were interested in seeing whether the types of firms that really felt like they were addressing their diversity issues, you know, may have diversity consultants on staff, might have, you know, diversity initiatives, whether they might still in some ways have bias in their hiring process. And it was hard to do that because the tool that we had to study hiring bias was something called a resume audit study where you sent fake resumes to firms and you saw who got a call back. But, of course, that works really well for companies that might be hiring for, you know, um, some day-to-day positions where they look at Kohl's resumes. But it didn't work so well for the types of employers that we were interested in, which were the major Fortune 500 companies potentially hiring for prestigious or management positions. And so we needed a new tool. So we developed something that we call incentivized resume rating. I know that's a mouthful. But we told employers that... We wanted them to rate hypothetical resumes, and on these resumes, we randomized the name that indicated the gender or race of the potential employee. We told the employers that they were rating hypothetical resumes. They rated 40 of them, but we gave them an incentive, that's the incentivized part, to rate those resumes accurately, which was that we used machine learning to match the employers with real graduating Penn seniors who were a good fit for their positions based on their ratings. And so we got honest assessments of those 40 hypothetical resumes where, again, we randomized the gender and the race, and so we could also then take that data and look at bias in hiring. So hopefully then I guess it sounds like this is kind of a pivot point in terms of truly understanding the uh, resume review process and the potential bias in that what had been the process before really you, you think you've improved upon. Yeah, so I think that's right. I mean, in terms of research, our toolkit was limited because we were only able to look at those types of positions where people would, you know, hire from a cold resume. And, you know, and and so you had researchers kind of spamming firms with these fake resumes trying to see if they had any bias. We have given researchers a new tool, and it's a tool that then becomes a tool for companies as well to actually do an internal checkup on their bias. Um And, you know, what we found was that some of these firms that kind of think that they already had it under control were still displaying some, you know, subtle forms of bias. And so I understand that this uh, process that you went through played off of research that you had done in the past? That's right. Uh, So this was in a very different domain. So when I was a graduate student, I developed a similar method to look at how people evaluate dating profiles, where I, again, um, you know, randomized characteristics and saw whether people's evaluations changed. And so I brought that over to the hiring space, which might have, you know, a little bit more of a um, impact in the corporate space. Sure. 
Well, you know, as I mentioned at the top, the, the questions around the reviewing of resumes via gender or race is something that has been discussed. So, you know, just playing off of that, how do you think a, a tool like incentivize resume ratings could help employers making progress in terms of the increased hiring of, say, black employees? Absolutely. So, you know, we think this is something that employers do care about. We think it's something that they want to do, but they might not realize the ways in which they're kind of getting in their own way. So just to give you a kind of very brief little snippet on what our results were before I answer your exact question, you know, we found that um, STEM employers, for example, where we know they've said, okay, we have a diversity problem. We want more women. We want more underrepresented minorities. We found that they were rating female and minority resumes that were statistically identical to a white male resume lower. And we can quantify exactly how much lower because we also randomly assigned GPA to those resumes. And so what we found is that they were essentially dinging female and minority resumes by 0.25 of a GPA point just for not being a white man. So yeah. meaning if you're um, a female or minority applicant to one of these STEM firms, you had to get a 4.0 GPA to get the same rating as a white man who had just a 3.75. We think that the firms were unconscious that they were doing this, and yet nonetheless, as much as they were saying they were seeking diversity, they were actually downgrading people. And we saw it come out in other places, you know, as, as we've talked about before, um, where they were saying female and minority employees were going to be less likely to accept their offers, also where they were... Um, giving female minority uh, candidates less credit for their good experience, for their prestigious internships that they had, you know, prior to applying to this job, they were actually giving them less credit. And so we think the first um, step is awareness. And so that's where firms participating in what we kind of call a diversity checkup, you know, by going through one of these exercises of rating these resumes with hypothetical characteristics and randomly assigned um, gender and race traits, can help them see is there do we is there a place where we're missing things where we think that we're being fair we think we're being unbiased but we actually aren't because you know maybe we are unconsciously biased by the data that we take in from the world around us if the world around us has mostly white mostly male CEOs mostly white mostly male engineers right we take in that data and that translates into how we make snap decisions over resumes and so you know our, we try to take blame out of the equation and we try to say we just have to recognize that our brains are imperfect decision makers sometimes. And so the first step is that awareness and using this as a checkup. But we also have some recommendations for firms to kind of use our tool to go even further. Okay, so take us down that path. What, what should companies be thinking about now as they move forward? Yeah, so I think one thing that we, you know, were able to give companies when they participated in our program is that we were then actually able to give them unbiased recommendations. Well, how? So we knew that they were actually making biased choices. They were down, potentially downgrading, you know, female and minority resumes, right? But because we randomly assigned those demographic characteristics and we randomly assigned everything else on the resume, we could make them recommendations based on the kind of the real meat of the resume, the true sort of um, substantive characteristics in terms of the internships and the GPA and the leadership experience, right? because they had given us their preferences over those, and it wasn't tangled up with their preferences over demographic characteristics because those had been randomly assigned. And so in a sense, we were able to train an unbiased algorithm 
by training our machine learning algorithm on this data where we could separate gender and race from the real substantive characteristics that employers should be looking at on a resume. And so then we could make recommendations where we didn't actually take their gender and racial biases into account. We just made recommendations based on the merits. And so we think this has a lot of promise for firms because, you know, there's, a, there's awareness now that machine learning algorithms are only as good as the historical data that they're trained on. And so if your historical data has gender and race bias, because we know that that is something that, um, you know, is happening, we know that that's something that exists, right? And our study gives more evidence to that, then your predictions with your um, hiring algorithm will also have that bias. Because let me just give an example. If you're biased towards white male engineers and they happen to play on the lacrosse team, because those things are correlated in real data, your machine learning algorithm might start recommending a lot more engineers who played on the lacrosse team when that's not really a qualification for being an engineer, right? So we have a way of training an unbiased algorithm um, by kind of creating a training set that doesn't have those correlations built in, but rather just has the sort of decisions over the true characteristics that you should be looking at, whether that's internship experience, whether that's your coursework, whether that's um, the coding languages that you know, whether that's your leadership experience. And then at the same time, you know, we think that there's other ways that firms can kind of take what they've learned from our research and kind of do a tune-up of their hiring process. And one of those things that, you know, was a message we really wanted to get out to employers was don't be so quick to pat yourself on the back and say that your diversity efforts are working. Because when you do that, when you say, oh, we have pro-diversity efforts, we proactively try to hire female and minority candidates, you subtly ingrain in your recruiter's minds that female and minority candidates are being given a boost up. And we think where that showed up in our data was that female and minority candidates were being rated less likely to accept jobs. Well, why? Because they're in such high demand. According to these diversity initiatives, they're going to be hard to get. And they were being given less credit for the same previous experience. Why? Well, maybe those other employers were also diversity seeking. And so when they had that prestigious internship from a top consulting firm or an iBank or a tech firm, that firm hired them as part of some diversity initiative. And we shouldn't really give them full credit for that. Well, the issue with that is our data shows that it's not true. There was no aggregate preference for female and minority candidates. And in fact, if anything, there was a bias against them in the STEM field. And so we think that firms, by believing that diversity initiatives have sort of lifted up certain candidates, may be further compromising the goal of those initiatives through these subtle channels and implicit bias in how they make decisions, you know, that they can't really control. And I know that that's something just anecdotally I've heard a lot from my Wharton students is that, you know, if it's a a black female student in a certain position that she might hear, well, you got this job for diversity yeah. purposes. And think about the ways that that undermines those employers, but in those employees, but even more so, it's not true. It doesn't show sure. up in the data. Corinne, thanks very much for a few moments. Great research. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Take care. You got it. Corinne Lowe, Assistant Professor of Business Economics and Public Policy here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.